listening to the Ballroom Network. The following program is intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, and Vinny Parisi. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us in section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can put it on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws. Out. And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei. Yes. Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley, and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise. First pitch starts now. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of not South Burbs Hitmen, but South Beach Hitmen. That's right. <laughs> For one week only, we're rooting on Jake Berger, and we're forgetting about all the troubles on the south side of Chicago. And by forget, I mean we're going to talk about them for 40 minutes until we cry ourselves to sleep. But as always, joining me is my White Sox brother-in-arms. I'm talking about Steven Zim Zimmerman. Zim, how you doing, my friend? Well, I'm here. Uh, that's more that's, than I can good. say for our co-host, Vinny, who apparently is so fed up with this team, he had to take the evening off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Pretty sure he's no, not even in the city limits of Chicago right now. He's so done with these guys. That's probably true, and and I believe it is his lovely girlfriend Katie's birthday today. So they were out celebrating a uh, happy nice. birthday, Katie. And as always, Vinny, we miss you, but uh, clearly you have your priorities, right? So uh, we'd love to see that. Uh, the White Sox may or may not have their priorities, right? Based off of a lot of the drama flying around. And uh, before we get into all that, a lot of folks in the chat, our buddy Gabe's in here. What's up, Gabe Foster. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I know. I know everyone's oh PZ TA. Yep, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> That's a common thread. A lot of talk about Tim Anderson. You know, it's funny. There was a UFC event this weekend. There was a big boxing event this weekend. Mm-hmm. I believe there were actually two big boxing events this weekend. Or no, one of them was last weekend. My mistake. But regardless, in the last week and a half there have been several large fighting events and tim anderson getting knocked out has been it's gotten the more highlight. coverage <laughs> tim anderson getting knocked out has gotten more coverage than SummerSlam, than jake paul versus uh nate diaz or ufc 7093 or whatever it is <laughs> i and just we were just talking about this that. before we went live look what look what gabe just said yep 
Gabe says Tim Anderson has poor foot stance. You're absolutely right. His feet were totally square. He lined up southpaw. He's not a lefty. Why would you line up southpaw if you're not let's, a lefty? Let's, let's ask everybody in the chat. Do we want to watch the fight again? Of course we do. <laughs> Hang on. Here we go. Oh, I, let me pull it up first. Uh, I didn't expect to go right into this, but I mean, he starts out left-handed. He takes a jab with his front hand, takes a second jab with the right hand. And as he's jabbing, Ramirez just catches him perfectly. Frankly, it was a lucky shot as, as anybody who's ever fought can tell you, sometimes you get hit with those lucky shots and they're good enough, but it doesn't change the fact that you picked a fight and you lost. Yeah. Gabe says he's training to be a boxer. He watches a lot. Yeah. Here, here it is again. Watch. I think Jose says something. T T A doesn't like it. Jose said <clears throat> something because T A he said something about T A apparently made like a late tag or too hard of a tag or something. And Anderson basically said, you know what? You've been chirping at me for how many years now? Like I'm tired of you owning me. Let's 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 square off. And Ramirez says, Hey, remember how I own you? Sit down. <laughs> oh yeah he made him sit down all right ta missed four punches and then he gets clocked i don't know if you saw the video of after this event but they tried they, they had to carry tim anderson off the field and he stumbled and almost yeah, fell Andrew two Vaughn, more right? times no this was before vaughn picked him up and carried him away this is as they're helping him towards the foul territory he stumbles and falls like two more times like ramirez knocked him out how Anderson is not in concussion protocol right now is genuinely beyond me. That dude did not have his wits about him for a solid minute there. Yeah, he got clocked. He definitely got clocked. And uh, Gabe says he's a crybaby. Well, listen, you know, <clears throat> I kind of like the fight a little bit. I, I like the fact that he's got the chippiness. That like, okay, clearly something's finally getting to this team. Something's finally boiling them up. Something's kind of they, – they, they won two games in a row. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go on and be world beaters or anything along those lines. Nothing far from it. But I like to see the fight. It's a little bit too late for me. But uh, Yeah, but how he... much of it is just for show? You know, that's that's what I'm questioning after everything that's come out the last few days. We're going to get into all of it here tonight. Um we are. Um, also, I feel like you can't talk about this fight without the crazy Twitter rant of Tim Anderson last night. Yes. I don't know if you've seen this. I did. I watched it all unfold in real time as I as I was scrolling through my X feed last night. God, that sounds so wrong. It's weird. That it's sounds weird. like something I shouldn't be talking about publicly. It's like, uh, like OnlyFans, right? Yeah. Something. Uh but I got to say, as I was scrolling through my feed last night, I noticed all of a sudden I've got a bunch of Tim Anderson tweets all in a row. Mm -hmm. And strange, man, it's weird. And considering what I was just saying about how I'm surprised he's not in concussion protocol, it genuinely makes me wonder if this punch did a little more damage. You, you, know, you know what this reminds me of? I have a feeling I know where you're going. Antonio Brown. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Antonio Brown after that Vontae's perfect hit. Where this all this is sudden... Antonio. Yeah, this is Antonio yeah. Brown level craziness. So for those of you listening or watching that don't know what we're talking about, TA set off a rat, uh, a bunch of tweets in a row, rapid fire, 
starting yesterday with, you know, all this happening for a reason. Next tweet, we staying focused with this shit. Next tweet, been going through this shit for a minute. Next tweet, keep kicking on me while I'm down. And next tweet, a lot of MFers been switching up to hashtag fake shit. Next tweet, y'all got me effed up for real, for real. Next tweet, hope you're picking up what I'm putting down too. Next tweet, the picture bigger. End of Twitter rant. I read I through it a hundred times and I have no idea what he's talking about. That last tweet, based on everything we've seen come out the last, <clears throat> excuse me, the last uh, couple days Dang. or so. Yeah, he's certainly right on that. There is a lot more than what we are seeing. PZ in the chat says TA's just pissed he's still in Chicago. And frankly, I think he's a little right there. Yeah. That's part of the reason he probably squared up on, on Ramirez. Like I said, he's just pissed off and might be misplaced in trying to square off with, you know, a guy who's owned you for the last 10 years. But I, you I say mean, what you want. I, I don't listen. I I'm annoyed with TA too. I think the white Sox fans are annoyed with everybody on the squad. Yes. But I there's not a single fight. guy. I love seeing the fight. The guy, the guys that the guy that we liked is playing in Miami. And that's why this show is called South beach Hitmen today. Um, but listen, TA is putting up a fight. They have more fight than I've seen all season. Whatever. I'm fine with it. Whatever they do in the off season, TA clearly doesn't want to be here. Trade him. There's been rumors floating around the Twitterverse. And again, they're strictly rumors. So I can't confirm or deny what's going to happen. But there are rumors that they're going to call up Colson Montgomery because TA is suspended for six games. I, um, hey, my card collection is totally okay with that. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> well, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. I think, I hope they're wrong. The kid needs more time and in, in, in the minors. That's what the White Sox are notorious for is rushing guys up to the major league level. I hope this isn't happening, but I've heard it all over the Twitterverse, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope instead it's that Pedro gets fired or Han gets fired. Uh, I've seen enough after the Middleton comments today, which we have yet to really address on the show. I feel like that might be a good place to go next. But real quick before we do get into that, Zim, the suspensions came out today, and I was very surprised by what I saw. How does T.A. get six games, but Ramirez gets three? T.A. instigated the whole thing. I honestly, I completely agree with the disciplinary action by the MLB. I think they actually got this one right. In all honesty, I think T.A. should probably be suspended for a little longer. I was surprised it was only six games. That's what I was about to say. I was about to say, I'm like, I could see T.A. getting like 10 and like yeah. Ramirez getting six. But and look, I'm, gonna... I'm a Tim Anderson fan. Like I have been even through all his ups and downs this season. Like he is the guy on this team that mm. I was able to root for aside from Jake Berger, even with a down season. Yeah. Like, well, PZ I says like it right. Guy. He goes, TA's got a history and he's right. And he does. He does have a history, you know, not necessarily with fights, but with general altercations. You know, look at the whole Josh Donaldson saga that happened last year. <clears throat> Excuse me. My throat is doing weird things for everybody listening. I apologize for my excessive clearing of the throat. You're just going to have to deal with it. It's, it's <laughs> At better, any rate, it's more tolerable than watching the socks. 
It absolutely is because I'm watching the Sox right now. And actually, it's not a horrible game, but Cease is at nearly 80 pitches through four or three and two thirds innings. So it sounds like typical Cease for the season, but honestly, yeah, he's had to work a lot to get his outs this year. But yeah, TA has a bit of a history. Again, he's the one who instigated the whole thing. Frankly, what is Ramirez supposed to do? Just stand there and let him wail on him? Like, I I think three games for him is absolutely right. He did knock another player out on the field, regardless of whether you're defending yourself or not. That comes with some kind of disciplinary action. Sure. Right? When you're in it. high school and you get in a fight in the hallway, doesn't matter if you're defending yourself. Both guys get suspended. That's how it goes. So, yeah, I, I'm surprised that it's not more time for uh, Anderson. I saw that there were a handful of other guys that got one game suspensions, uh, you know, including both managers. Both yeah, both managers got a one game suspension, probably for letting for letting everything um, build up head. the way that it did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let, let me ask you this, though. Kopech didn't get suspended, but he received a hefty fine. Yes. Why in the world did they find? I don't. I, I watched it a hundred times. He held back Ramirez. Uh, Jose. He told. He held back Ramirez. I don't think he did anything wrong. I watched it well, a couple times. Show it again. Let me see. Let me see. I because I, I honestly I didn't really think that hard about it. I saw the punishments come down. I went. Yeah, that sounds about right. And kind of just let it go from there. You know. And that's the other thing. Kopech being suspended a game. It. It, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean he's a pitcher. Well, Kopech, he didn't get suspended, but or the fine. He got a he uh, got a headlock. Is that what he got a fine for? Is for maybe, a headlock? Maybe they're saying he didn't need to put his hands on Ramirez, but I also didn't see anybody else trying to put his hands on him. So I don't know. The MLB kind of makes arbitrary decisions when it comes to stuff like this. He's a pitcher, so even if he was suspended, it wouldn't matter very much. It's only a fine for him. He's you know, probably going to feel it a little bit, but at the end of the day, I think the MLB just felt like they had to discipline more guys than just those two. And since Kopech was the first guy there, he kind of got caught up in it. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I I think it's, um, it's just unfortunate. Like it was entertaining as a Sox fan, didn't have much to watch this year, but like, do you really want to be in the news for this? Right. Yeah, and that's just it. Like, this is what the Sox are in the news for now. And because they're in the news for all this, they're in the news for a whole litany of other things. You know, starting with Tim Anderson. Yeah. Something came out today. I, I don't know. Where where do you want to start with the joke? Because there's a lot to dive into. We can talk more about Anderson because he's involved in two other altercations that happened within the locker room. There's the Keenan Middleton comments that came out. There's Lance Lynn corroborating with uh Keenan Middleton's comments. There's yeah, so we'll, the we'll, presser we'll, that happened today. And then there's Jesse Rogers throwing everybody we'll, under the bus. We're going to quickly dive into the TA Grandal story um, because it's, it's related to the TA talk and then we'll get over to Middleton and we'll a lot to, lot to dissect sure. sure, for a show that we were going to have devoted to Jake Berger. It surely will not be that. <laughs> well, maybe at the end, but um, there will be a burger segment because they, oh, before we get whole, off the air, there sure will be. Yeah. Yes. The, the burger clan is living their best lives down in Miami right now. And they are not a part of any of this. And as pissed off as I was that they traded him last week, I am so happy for him and his family Thriving. that they're not yeah. caught up in all of this. Amen to that brother. 
But uh, got to dive into a, a report that came out from Shane Rorden today. So a reputable source, okay? He says, Rosmani Grandal, the day before the All-Star break, was not in the lineup. He wanted to leave the park early. And he made that very clear, apparently, to all the teammates in the clubhouse, whatever. Not in the All-Star game. Clearly probably wanted to get to his family, whatever. And in paraphrasing, Tim Anderson said, F him. If he doesn't want to be here, I'll pay for his flight. I'm assuming Grandal overheard this or it was in the clubhouse. And apparently Grandal allegedly walked over to TA in a, who was in an, an ice tub or a tub of some kind and slapped him across the face. Um, first off, if this is true, this is like a shit show of a clubhouse, which we kind of know the case already. But uh, Grandal came out today and was asked about it during the pregame, and he said it never happened. What do you make out of that, Zim? That is some peak telenovela television. Yeah. For those who don't know, Spanish uh, soap opera. Soap opera. <laughs> that is exactly what this whole thing reminded me of. I was like, that this this somebody couldn't write this script better. This sounds like the movie Major League, except it's more like Bad News Bears. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. I fully believe that it happened. Honestly, nobody on this team seems to like Yasmani Grandal, and that was corroborated in a report that Jesse Rogers, uh, yeah, Jesse Rogers made earlier today. Um, which we'll talk about in more detail later. But one of the things that he touched on is that Grandal seemingly has no place in this locker room, which I, you kind of can see. It's agreed. I, and, like, and there were reports that he was going to be DFA'd this week, and I've not seen that come to fruition. Why I don't he think... hasn't been is beyond me, especially if any of this clubhouse stuff is true. Yeah. Well, like the, the, the thing I don't understand is I can't see them cutting him now because – why would they have him speak to the media today as the veteran leadership addressing the culture mm-hmm. and then cut him? So clearly they're not going to cut him, right? They're just trying to cover their ass right now. This is the the whole microcosm of all of this. Everything that this is all stemming from is the lack of leadership, the lack of direction, the lack of knowledge about how to just build a team. Lack None of, of it's there. Lack of vision. Yes. There's no anything with this team they they put together a bunch of players they said play some ball you know there was so much talent on this team that they took freaking rick renteria to the playoffs and then for it all to come crashing and completely falling apart in less than three years you know with a hall of fame manager that whether he belonged there or not clearly could not corral this clubhouse because we saw this all happening last year too You know, it doesn't matter what your thoughts are on any of these managers at any point, because these players are completely off the rails. This is an utter organizational failure. I've been talking about this for weeks, that this organization just needs to tear it all down and rebuild and start all over. And and it's all coming to a head right now. And I kind of feel like a savant for like seeing all this weeks before any of this came out. But it also kind of feels like anybody with two eyes and half a brain in their head also could have seen this coming because it's been run so poorly for so long. Be without a doubt, man. I'm I'm trying to pull up uh, one of the tweets to talk about in a little bit, but uh, it's frustrating beyond belief. And the chat room 
is hopping with hate. People are moving on to the Bears. PZ says the only way to quash the story is put Yaz and TA on the podium together. Um, if they don't do that, then clearly it's true, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're never going to know if it's true or not, right? All of this that's gone on today, yesterday, and the day before has been a bunch of finger pointing. It's a bunch of everybody saying, you know, he said, he said, all this, that, and the other thing. You know, we're, we're having press conferences just to try to cover our asses. We're putting guys on the podium to try to create some sense of veteran leadership, even though you clearly don't value veteran leadership because you let your veteran leader walk in the off season, oh, making yeah. him a piss poor offer while he went and decided I'm going to go try to win myself a world series before my time is over. Like it's, it's, it's all just not good. I, I can't come up with any more ways to describe it. It's, it's just pathetic. Yep. I could I could do pathetic. better playing MLB the show than Rick Hahn has done over these last very, several years. Very true. And uh, real quick, I want to clarify, Vinny Duber did put out a tweet about a couple hours ago in regards to Grandal, who said that the report was not real. He clarified, he said, to clarify, Grandal didn't say the report was not real. He said, this is unreal. Splitting hairs maybe, but don't want to misquote. It's crazy. And this is a quote from Yaz. It's crazy to what extent people can go to just to put something out there. Asked if reported slap did or didn't happen. He said, definitely not. That's fine and dandy. It doesn't change the fact that it's believable. Oh, yeah. Like, isn't oh. that what it kind of boils down to? It, it almost doesn't matter if it happened or not. It matters that that if Okay. If we heard a story come out tomorrow yeah. that uh, Wilson Contreras went and slapped Nolan Arenado across the face, would you believe it? I don't think I would. Mm. As much trouble as the Cardinals have had, like they're a better organization than that. That yeah. there would have been some sort of internal discipline if it did happen. You know what I mean? Like we well, wouldn't have seen Contreras in the lineup for a few weeks or something like that. Is Whereas, there any world though? Is there any world where Yaz would actually own up to it to the media? Oh, I mean, yeah. no. Well, and that's the other thing. You know, the these guys don't want their dirty laundry being aired out for the entire world to see. They're gonna refute it all the way through and through, which I mean they absolutely should. I would, wouldn't you? Like, yeah. I mean, Shane Rorden's got no reason to report a fake story. I mean, I'm just, I'm just grasping for straws here as to like why it would even be leak some, why somebody would leak that out. I mean, someone's yeah. trying to put a scapegoat out there, right? I mean, I don't know what it is. I honestly, I don't know what it is. I don't know why you would report that story unless you're trying to further express the uh, dissociation in the locker room. The I can't think of the words that I'm that I'm trying to put together. I hadn't lost it. But good, dude. you wouldn't be putting this story out there just for kicks. You know, this is it's got some weight to it. It holds some sort of water. It continues to just express how far this clubhouse has fallen into disrepair. Mm -hmm. And this is honestly starting to remind me of the Mark Trestman Bears. You know, where where they got guys in the locker room getting into Worse. fights, they got guys, you know, texting other guys, girlfriends and stuff like that. And, and yep. you know, fights happening at practice all the time. That's exactly what this reminds me of. It was a team mm -hmm. that was supposed to do well. It 
came short of expectations. And then the following season just completely went off the rails. Right. And what happened then they had to tear it all down. They had to restart all over, but they did it. And I mean, we, we almost reaped the benefits of that in 2018, right? We were, we were this close. They could have theoretically rebuilt all of that. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, Speaking of coming off the rails and 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 letting a fire shitstorm hit the world, what a transition into Kenyon Middleton's comments, Keenan's Middleton. I always want to call him Kenyon, being dyslexic. Uh, Keenan Middleton's comments. The now Yankee who gets to face his former team this whole series now, which is going to be interesting. The timing is very strange for the comments, nonetheless. Yes. yes. Uh, but Middleton shook up the baseball world by talking and dumping on white Sox culture today, a report from Jesse Rogers. Of course, everyone knows from ESPN Chicago. Uh, he go, he said that we came in with no rules. I don't know how you police the culture. If there's no rules or guidelines to follow because everyone's doing their own thing. Like, how do you say anything about it? Because there's no rules. And then he says, this is where it gets interesting. Zim. He goes, you have rookies sleeping in the bullpen during the game. You have guys missing meetings, guys missing feel, pitcher feeling practice, and there's no consequences for this stuff. The second I found out I was traded, I shaved my face. I'm ready to play by the Yankees' rules because all I want to do is win games. You know how to act here. You know not to be late, and you know there are consequences if you are late. And then he went on to say how he went to spring training. Is that my watch talking to me? Of course it is. (laughs) Uh, Then he went on to say how he went to spring training and then the same stuff happened last year. They don't tell you about anything going on. They don't tell you not to miss meetings. And then it's just all allowed. But he said he wouldn't say anything bad about the pitching staff. They worked the right way. Everybody else struggled to do the right thing. And then he made comments that all the big dog leaders were at the World Baseball Classic, and that's part of the reason that leadership struggled. Makes sense. It's 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 very eye opening, and it's a bombshell, and it's especially strange because they're playing the White Sox the next. But shortly afterwards, uh, after these comments came out, Lance Lynn was on some kind of podcast or news interview or something. They asked him about these comments and his response effectively was, I was there a lot longer than Keenan. And I can tell you it's true. Yeah. He's like, he's not wrong. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, that's what he said. said. The the quote is he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, And you know, opening. it goes back to the culture that was created. You know, the reason people always said, You know, we had our famous phrase as Sox fans, Ricky's boys don't quit. There was leadership. There was a defined direction. There were, there was accountability. None of that's been there the last three years, no matter who's been in the dugout, no matter who's been in charge, no matter, you know, it's not that I don't think Tony had uh, a, a direction or a mindset or a goal for these guys. It's just that, You know, I don't want to say he was too old for it, but at the same time, there was a clear disconnect between the players and the manager. 
when Tony was there and you begin to wonder now, is this what it was? And now Guys. we see Pedro up there, Pedro saying today things that, you know, well, I guess we don't have the guys that we thought we did But dude, we're more than halfway through the season. You should have figured this out by now. Like however bad people might've thought Tony LaRusso looked Pedro Grafal looks so much worse right now. And now you, you have to wonder like deep down, like this is the conspiracy theorist in me. Somebody has to have leaked this, right? And then, well, Middleton, and then, of course, then all the other stuff at the same time. It's strategic, Zim. They're making Grafal the scapegoat. I can't see him escaping the week with his job. I really can't. I wonder. Um, the thing that I really liked was that there was a press conference today with Rick Hahn. And a lot of fingers got pointed right at him. And yeah. he didn't really have answers for a lot of them. Yeah. And at I a certain have... point, there needs to be mm-hmm. accountability. So here's a tweet from Vinny Duber with a it, it was a long presser. So this these five six tweets really sum it up nicely. Rick Hahn today reiterated that the Sox identified issues with the clubhouse culture earlier this year and have worked slash are working to address them. He said they accomplished some in that area at the deadline and also mentioned an apparently impactful team meeting held in Cleveland. He said it was ironic that Keenan Middleton spoke out on this topic as Middleton was apparently called out for unprofessional behavior by Pedro Grafal shortly before he was traded and then sought Han out to apologize, expressing a desire to return as a free agent. Well, that's definitely not happening now. He addressed the things Middleton said one by one. He said no reliever has slept in the bullpen this year, that there's a positional player who has sleep issues and is sometimes allowed to sleep in the clubhouse as part of his treatment plan. He said a young player did miss infield practice, but that there were repercussions with that player taking extra infield work the next few days, three days. He said that a position player did speak during a team meeting in Toronto, specifically Andrew Benintendi. Asked if he disputes notion that the Sox clubhouse has no rules and no accountability, he replied 100%. When asked about cultural issues from earlier this season, he said he overestimated how players would be able to deal with adversity of a horrible start. Han had this to say when asked specifically what isn't slash wasn't right about the Sox clubhouse culture. The kind of culture we want to create is one that not only has accountability, but has people all pulling the same direction, people that are willing to understand we have players from different backgrounds, we have players with different needs, we have players with different strengths and some weaknesses, and that we're all trying to pull the same direction to get the best out of them all in terms of winning ball games. Anyone who tries to thwart that effort or makes it more about me than team, meaning individual as opposed to the team, doesn't fit what we're trying to do. And those are the types of players we prioritize in the draft. That's what we preach during player development. And that will continue to be a focus in player acquisition going forward. Zim, that is a dumpster fire of finger pointing. Um, It also alludes to the fact that some of the guys traded were problems in the clubhouse, which I think is absolutely bizarre. I know that wasn't Jake Berger and I doubt that was Lucas Giolito. So is he, well, anyway, we can allude to this a little bit later on, but first off your thoughts on the quote and the finger pointing 
because they are certainly disputing the fact that there's a culture problem. I mean, they're saying that there is, but it's not to the point where there's no repercussions. It, it, it's a bit of a song and dance who's on first situation. Yeah. I mean, the first line in that quote there says the kind of culture we want to create is one that not only has accountability. Stop right there. There was zero accountability shown in that press conference today. There was no Agreed. accountability for Rick Hahn saying, I screwed up, saying, I didn't build a good team, saying, I put the wrong guys in charge, saying anything other than what he said, because all he did was point fingers. All he yep. did was try to throw other people under the bus. He tried to refute everything that Keenan Middleton said instead of, you know, what an accountable person would do and say, Keenan and I have discussed this privately. He called me to apologize. And that's where we're going to leave it. No, instead, he had to go and point the finger right back at him. And that's the sign of a terrible manager. Anybody, anybody out there who's listening to this, who has had a bad boss, has had a bad boss wherever they've worked. Rick Hahn sounds exactly like them right now, right? You go to your boss mm -hmm. and you say, hey, man, I'm having this problem. And your boss says, well, hey, man, you should probably figure that out then. You go, probably. wow. <laughs> you want me just to bend over while I'm in here? It's like, come on, man. That's not how we resolve these problems. You resolve the problem by being a manager, by managing the people, by managing the ball club, by managing the organization that you are paid to manage. Yep. And this guy sat there, tried to deflect, tried to point fingers and tried to make it something that it wasn't. And now this whole thing looks even worse. He probably looks like the dumbest guy in sports today. He makes Jim Ursay look like a PR angel right now. Like the guy can't get out of his own way. And then he continues to put stinker teams out there year after year to the point where I really think that this is the point where White Sox fans might be done. I really think we might start seeing drop-offs in attendance. We might start seeing less merchandise being purchased. We might really start seeing a true sort of boycott of the team because this is an ugly look on a national level that we haven't seen as Sox fans before. You know, normally yeah. when this team is bad, we get to hide and bury our faces in the sand and hide underneath the fact that the Cubs are kind of shitty too, or at the very least that people are paying more attention to the Cubs than the White Sox. Well, while the White Sox are doing all this, the Cubs have won six series in a row and are quietly trying to sneak into the playoffs. But nobody actually seems to care about that in Chicago. Even Cubs fans are talking about the White Sox right now because they're that much of a stinking dumpster fire. And you know what? That's the best thing ever for the Cubs, though. Don't talk about it. I'm oh, not yeah, saying no pressure I, I, is going to help that team so much. That's that. That's what I'm getting at is like, granted, I don't want them talking about this shit, but anything else, <laughs> but the, the no pressure on the Cubs is why they're thriving. I said it earlier this year and I stand by it. Zim. I said, if the manager roles were reversed, the Sox would be in first place in the AL central and maybe even more than that. Yeah. You said it before, and I didn't want to give David Ross all that credit, but he deserves I, it. I really think you're right on that one. And I don't know if David Ross still deserves all that credit, but I think it's fair to say Pedro Grifal is really that bad. 
for as excited as we were about the hire for as much as we thought like, man, maybe this is finally the move that helps the White Sox like put this thing together. This is the move that burned it to the ground. Yeah, definitely burned it to the ground. All right. But, you know, and then, of course, during all this craziness pregame, people approach Jerry Reinsdorf, ask if he has anything to say about the culture comments or the fight or anything. And Jerry just gives a simple no. Yeah. He's too he busy wanna... giving Bill Cower a tour of the facility. The next manager right. of the White Sox, Bill Cower. He, he and Bill Cower were smoking cigars out on the field. They had other things to worry about. You know, yeah. meanwhile, in addition to all of this coming from the organization, even more came from outside the organization. First of all, reports that Tim Anderson moved lockers and is now sitting in a corner by himself rather than sitting with his team and being a leader. Well, won't, the, won't addition, the media see that today in the clubhouse? They would imagine. Hopefully. Would... Yeah, we'll find out for sure. God, I um, hope someone asked him about it. <laughs> how could you not? But it... uh is is his suspension in effect today? I th- I no, saw he he's was in the, in the lineup. Tonight. lineup. Okay, so is he appealing so yeah. it? I think he is. I'm sorry. Is he appealing it? I think he is. If he's in the lineup today, he's got to be. Uh, it'll probably be upheld. I can't imagine it isn't. No, but I think <laughs> for typical suspensions, they always yeah seem to be appealing it. Anything, but meanwhile. I've mentioned this Jesse Rogers interview quite a bit. Jesse Rogers went on ESPN 1000's Cap and J Hood morning show today. Mentioned that Yasmani Grandal doesn't get along with pitchers. Uh, I'm paraphrasing from an article by our co-host Vinny Parisi, uh, which you can read on SouthsideShowdown.com, where he writes for Fansided. Uh, but he mentions that Yasmani Grandal does not get along with pitchers. Yoan Moncada is not perceived as a hard worker by the rest of the team. And Eloy Jimenez, while having a great attitude, tends to slack off quite a bit. And I got to say, I, I once again cannot refute anything that is said here. Whether it's accurate or not is a little irrelevant because when you look at the field, you can kind of see some of it. You know, you can tell a lot of pitchers don't like the way that Yaz calls games. They don't like the fact that if he calls a low pitch, they have to worry about it getting past him. Sure. I mean, you can see it on some of these guys. It, it, Lance Lynn, it was it was obvious as red on a barn, man. It you couldn't not see it. Um, big facts. But as far as Yoan Moncada goes, I don't think anybody's surprised to hear that he doesn't have a great attitude. He's always been a me first kind of guy. Uh, yeah. And and as far as Eloy goes. Again, you you can tell that the guy has a wonderful attitude. the The team flocks to him when he plays well, but now, you can also tell he doesn't put out a great effort because, I mean, he's always hurt. Guys, backtracking to that. Speaking of that, I got I gotta ask: Did you see that he came out gimpy from that from that pileup at the? Fight oh yesterday? yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's the most it's the most Eloy thing ever to get involved in an altercation and come out hurt. I, I don't think it's tonight? the first time look. it's happened either. He's in the lineup tonight, isn't he? Uh, I'm unsure. I just had it up. Of course, I just closed it. So hang on a second. I'll tell you in a minute. Now I got uh, He is. He's a DH, though. He's not in the outfield. Oh, thank God. Excuse me. 
But no, I mean, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah, it I really mean, is. It's just one thing after another. It is, but you know who's not a dumpster fire? Who's that? He doesn't play on this team anymore. Jake Berger? Yeah. The man hit his first home run in a Miami Marlins uniform this last week as Dylan Cease gives up a no-hitter. Uh, 102 pitches in the sixth inning. Wow. Jeez. Freaking... That's not good. He gave up that hit, and they're immediately pulling him. You can't be surprised by that. Oh, yeah. Um, But at any rate, yeah, six, six and a third, no hits. Uh, One hit now. Uh, and 103 pitches. <laughs> Unreal. The guy was working. I think he gave up seven walks, eight walks, uh, and only had five or six strikeouts. Yep, it's fact. But of yeah, course. Berger has been holding down the fort at third base. I'm going to take the video and uh, I'm going to quick drop it to myself here. I know I sent it to all you guys the other day. You know, he has been shut out at the plate a couple games. Um, I would upload it so we can watch it because I can't find it on I can't find it on YouTube. But uh, yeah, no problem. I'm, he is down to a 214 batting average on the season. Um, you know, he had that two for four game to start his Angels career. And unfortunately, that is the best game he's had to this point. Um, as that home run is one of only two other hits he's gotten so far. His defense has been pretty solid. I will say that. I will attribute a lot of his uh, poor batting performance to the fact that he's now in the National League. He hasn't seen a lot of these pitchers before. Um, oh, for sure. He doesn't quite have the scouting report that he did with the White Sox. His eye pitch machine probably needs to be uh, updated. You know, he, <laughs> he's been traveling a lot. He has not had a lot of time to set that thing up and and not go a lot of sleep. Software, I'm sure. Yeah. So. Dude needs a little bit of sleep. But yes, he's uh, just two for 18 since going to the Marlins. Sorry, excuse me, four for 18 since going to the Marlins, uh, which is... And two of those hits were in one game. That's a 222 batting average. I just messed up my keyboard. That's a shame. (sighs) I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. Uh, It's fine, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. See, I can fix it. You blew, you blew it up. Uh, you know, it's one of those RGB things. Uh, and I, you know, you press too many buttons and you mess the whole thing up. Oh, I've been there. RGB is great until it's not. Let me tell you. It's really ironic because I just got a tweet that popped up. I follow somebody that posts like deals on random stuff and it's an LED keyboard, which I think is hilarious. As you said that, that's really weird. But uh, okay, I converted the file. So now it should show up. Now I'm going to post it so we can watch the Jake Berger home run because we want to feel rah-rah. Let's go, Jake. Okay, good. We're uploading. And here we go. Perfect. There we go. Only took a solid two minutes and change, although it's still processing. So come on, hurry up now. But anyway, uh, we're very happy for Jake. Um, gets, gets to be in a playoff race. And it's just 
I told my wife, I said, we're rooting for the Marlins the rest of the year. I mean, that's all you can do. Foster just got an LED keyboard. Congrats, Foster. You're you're more in the 21st century than I am. I, uh, I don't have an LED keyboard. Anyways, Em, you want to watch this video of Jake Berger's first home run? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Without further ado, Jake Berger's first home run in the Marlins uniform. They still lost the game, but they got that much closer to almost winning it. So here it is. Catcher. Will Smith. Jake Berger with a fly ball. This one's hit deep. This one's hit back toward the wall. This one is gone. First home run as a Marlin does it in the ninth inning to make it a one-run ball game. It's a slider all over the plate. Berger catches this one out in front and shows how much power he has. Just nice, easy swing, and that ball kept going. It kept going and going and going. Had some good carry on it. Those uh, those Miami Knights, man, they let the ball carry. That's for sure. You get the right conditions down there, and that ball just go. I I'm not even sure if they even opened the roof there. I've I've been there once, and it was literally it was like 120 degrees in Miami the day I was <laughs> there, and the park. I thought it was it was like winter in Chicago. That's how damn cold it was. Um, I, I, they have to open the roof at some point, I would imagine, right? I'm sure they do. I'm sure. Because Miami's freaking hot, man. Oh, yeah. Hot and humid. It's just a sweat fest down there. But You know what Euro trash is, Sim? Of course. Have you ever been to Miami? I have not. I was maybe 17 years old the first time I was there. This is going to be like the stupidest story, but I'm going to say it anyway, because why not? I was with my mother, my aunt, and my great aunt. So like, there's no reason I should have been there. I was just a young kid that was on vacation that was just like, uh, let's go to Miami. Sure. I walked around on my own, whatever. But in the beginning, we were all walking around getting drinks. Everyone's try all the Euro trash people are on the sidewalk. They're like, hey, come to my restaurant. Oh, hey, come here. Oh, there's tech disco music. You know, I'm not making that up. That's real. But um, anyway, we go into a restaurant and I'm 17 and they're like, oh, you want margaritas? The waiter's like, you want margaritas? And everyone's like, yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, <laughs> 17 years old. Yeah, right? why not? <laughs> the menus don't have prices on them, Zim. That does not surprise me. How much do you think each margarita was? A frozen margarita, maybe yay big. 12 bucks? $40. Jeez. This kinda, was 15 years ago, Zim. What kind of tequila were they using? No, it's not even that. It's just Miami, man. <laughs> I believe it. Unbelievable. It. People are going to listen and they're going to be like, Joe doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I, it's real. Euro trash is a thing, okay? I'm sorry if... I'm not using it as a slang term. I'm not using it as anything. It is what it is. When you see it, you know it. Yeah. I have no problem with people of European descent, for the record. I, <laughs> it's just the the trashiness, the the sleep, like the car salesman-ish vibe. Yep. Yep. We're going off the rails, but hopefully Jake uh. doesn't have to put up with any car salesman out there. 
Whoever this Honeywell guy is, is making his White Sox debut right now. I know nothing of him. He has some pretty sweet flow. That's they make sure. really they make really good dehumidifiers. Yeah, security systems too. <laughs> do they um, do both? I think so. <laughs> I think it's a different Honeywell. I'm not entirely sure. Regardless, uh, I, did we miss anything else in this uh, White Sox media crap storm that's been going on today? I don't think so. I went on a rant about Euro trash, and now I, you know, don't even know where we were. Let's just do a quick Google News search and see what pops up, just to make sure. I just want to make sure that we've we've addressed everything here because, uh, you know, there there are rumblings that there could be a big change happening soon. There are rumblings that these no rules both are and are not true. Um, it's Pedro. Pedro's getting the axe this week. You can book it. You heard it here first. And the White Sox have acquired veteran outfielder T- Tyler Naquin in a deal with the Brewers. Uh, just just now? So this was seven hours ago. So well, there, clearly, there's that. There's that. Well, clearly <laughs> it got lost in uh, the other news. They have acquired Tyler Naquin from the Milwaukee Brewers in exchange for cash. Great. That is that is all we get. He is 31 years old and has played for seven different teams. And why? The real question here is why? Well, they can always do post-trade deadline deals that like they did that with Jake Peavy, right? Like he was. Yes. Uh, yes, this is uh, Brent Honeywell is the guy pitching right now. Uh, they claimed Honeywell off of waivers. Option Sammy Peralta to Triple A Charlotte. I don't know who that is either. Um, so you know, baseball is still happening amongst all of this. Somehow, that's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt like I saw something else. Uh, let me go back through our history, but yeah, I, I think. We There's a lot of dumpster fire stuff, but I think we covered. I think we covered the, the drama. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't save it for our mama. We brought it on the show. A lot of drama. <laughs> I feel like. Uh, I feel like we need to make this into a TV show. We um we haven't had a show since the trade deadline. Is there any? Uh, we 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 did our little guest spot. On Vinny's show, Crosstown Crosstalk, last Thursday. That's if anybody right. wants to go back through the archives and listen to that, uh, Crosstown Crosstalk from Thursday, August 3rd. Joe and I, mostly myself, but Joe came yeah, on for a short I popped while. on for the last 10 minutes, I think. Yeah, we talked some trade deadline. We talked some moves from around the league. Talked about, you know, not just White Sox, uh, because frankly, they're depressing. And that's yeah. why this show is probably going to be about half of our normal length because they're just not worth wasting energy on at this point in time. Um, unless you want to talk about the two wins they got this last week. Not particularly. Right. They look at their last seven, they're two and five, something like that. Uh, they're going to lose a hundred games. I stand by that. I really think, uh, I, I, I think I got their record right at the beginning of the season. Just backwards. backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I said 88 wins. Let's make it 88 losses. That's yeah. actually assuming they only lose 20 more games the rest of this year, though, which is uh... 
20 games. They could lose a lot more than 20 more games. That's so bad. I, I said in a poll earlier this year, I said 100 plus. Yeah. But they are four and six in their last 10. Uh, I don't have the schedule right in front of me. It's probably not even really lo- worth looking at. They're going to uh, win out, Zim. They're going to win out. They're going to win out. Yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. They're going to they're gonna not win out starting tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How odd is this, though, that as bad as this team is, they managed to split the series with Cleveland last weekend and actually take the series from them this week. And they're in a position to actually take this game tonight against the Yankees. It could still change, obviously. Well, there's I could tell you there's a lot one, of ball game logical, left. There's logical reason for that, Zim. It's that one, Cleveland also sucks. And two, yeah. the Yankees also suck. I just this less than, uh, less than the Sox, but they still suck. This schedule the rest of the way, the White Sox might actually not make out too poorly. That's the scary they're still, part. With all they're of still this. losing 100 games, though. I don't know, man. We got the three against the Yankees, right? Here's your opponents the rest of the way because it's actually a short enough list we can go through it real quick. All right. right, so your opponents the rest of the way. We got New York, Milwaukee, Cubs, Colorado, Seattle, Oakland, Baltimore, Detroit, Kansas City, Detroit, Kansas City, Minnesota, Washington, Boston, Arizona, San Diego. More of those series sound winnable than not. That's scary. This team could actually end up around 500, ruin their draft lottery chances. And no way in hell. It's just, it's so Chicago though. It, it would be so Chicago for that to happen. You know, we've seen the Bears do it year after year. We've seen the Cubs do it year after year. We've seen the Blackhawks do it year after year. We see the Bulls do it constantly. What's the, None like of these teams are ever 50 bad something games bad. left. Like 50, what, 55 ish games? What are we at? Uh, I can't, I can't just quickly find the record, really. They are 45 and 68. So that's 123 games. Yeah. No, 113 games. Excuse me. I was off by 10. That's 113 games. So yeah, 49 games left to go, including tonight's game. I say they will. Right. Now you got me second guessing myself. Yeah, 113 games. Wow. I'm better at math than I thought. <laughs> they're, they're losing 100. I stand by that. I don't know. That's they, They'd have to go 17 and 32 the rest of the way. They would have to lose twice as many games as they win. I just don't see this, game, this team doing that. Because they haven't even done that to this point. As bad as they've been, they haven't even done that to this point. And honestly, the trade deadline moves that they made almost seem to make this team a little bit better. I honestly wonder if they DFA Grandall, if they move some of these problematic guys around a little bit, does the clubhouse attitude get better? But they're not. That's the thing is they're not they're not DFAing Grandall. Why would they have him speak to the media as a, as a veteran today? We've already established this team doesn't know what they're doing. All right, so I'm not putting anything past them. (laughs) I'm just not. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of the way, especially if anybody gets fired, especially if anybody gets DFA'd. Um, Obviously, we're not going to have playoffs to look forward to. I think (laughs) that pipe dream is long gone. It's long gone, buddy. They may not be mathematically eliminated, but 14 and a half games out, 
in mid-August is not good. Excuse me. I just, uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen now. I have a feeling a lot more of our shows going forward are going to be like this tonight. We're going to be talking a lot more about uh, off the field than on the field. Naturally. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's been um, utterly depressing talking about it all. And there's got to be something more lighthearted and fun that we can discuss to end the show before we wrap things up. Just before we do, I just want to point out, I didn't realize how much I honestly cared about this team. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. You know, last season, last season, I was so depressing most of the season long because they were just mediocre, right? When a team's mediocre, it's boring. You almost want them to either be really bad or really good. And I'm really glad that this team has given us so much content this season to be pissed off about. Because frankly, it would be a lot more boring if we weren't mad. It really Mm -hmm. gives me something to stay invested in. It gives me something to hope for in the future. You know, in my lifetime, I've seen the Blackhawks come back from really bad ownership and start making changes and be better. I've seen the Bulls go the complete opposite direction and stay under really bad ownership and go from one of the greatest dynasties we'll ever see in the modern era of sports to whatever the hell they are now. (laughs) You know, as far as the White Sox go, I'm, I'm hopeful that Sox fans have had enough. I'm hopeful that the fan base as a whole is going to start chirping loud enough, is going to start expressing themselves however they do loudly enough to hopefully make some change. You know, obviously the sell the team billboard near the stadium hasn't done anything, but maybe if a few more start popping up, maybe if some t-shirts start popping up, maybe if some chants start popping up at the stadium, maybe if some boycotts start happening, a la the Oakland A's. There's only one way. It's, it's the pocketbook for Jerry. You hit him in the pocketbook. The problem is Jerry owns two teams and Bulls fans are stupid. Sorry, Bulls fans, but it's just true. You know how I know? Cause I was one for a long time. You know how else I know? Cause I'm a white Sox fan and we might also be a, one of the only fan bases dumber than Bulls fans. I was okay. So I live in Michigan. You know that. Um, yeah. I went to the store on Saturday. I'm wearing my white Sox ball cap, right? Mind you, I'm in Michigan. I'm walking through the store. A gentleman, probably 75, 70 to 75 years old, stops me. He goes, you're braver than me wearing that in public. (laughs) I get that all the time out here, man. You'd be surprised. So many people. I say, you're wearing the right gear. And I say, well, where's yours? And they say, I wouldn't be caught dead wearing that. (laughs) Well, you know, nonetheless, it's a cool logo. So we'll go with that. That's it. That's it. It's a nice fashion statement. I wear a lot of black anyway, so. That's right. South Burbs Hitman logos nicer. South. We need to get some limited edition South Beach Hitman stuff printed up. It's it's the greatest thought that I've ever had on this show. In three uh, years of doing it, I have never come up with anything that good. It's uh, damn good. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> the beach ball just does it for me. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> I I like just the the magenta font over 
South Burbs. Yeah, I was like, I could white it out. I was like, but it'd look crappier just to like clip art it over it. It's funnier. Yeah, I <laughs> I really appreciate it. I it gives it the the hack job look, but when it's not really a hack job, it still looks nice. I like. Yeah, it. yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I got the creative juices flowing on that one. I that was hilarious. So good, so, excellent job there. Thank you. Um, anything you want to dabble in before we get out of here? Uh so. I mean, I don't know how many people out there are going to care about this, but there's a new Pokemon Presents coming out tomorrow morning. Is We're that tomorrow already? Nice. It's tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. my time, so 9 a.m. your time. Excellent. Um, they'll likely be announcing DLC information. We'll probably have a holiday schedule for a lot of uh, Pokemon stuff in general, potentially even get some guidelines for what to expect from the rest of Nintendo. And... We might even get some hints at a new console. I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't put it past them. That'd be bold to put it in a Pokemon Presents. Pokemon is the number one selling franchise of all time. So number one selling media franchise ever. So it might be bold, but it wouldn't be unprecedented. I see it. At any rate, that's what I'm excited for coming up. Um, you know, I'm I'm back home from all of my trips. I should be on this show regularly through the end of the season, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> back back playing softball full swing. Had two games on Friday. Uh, went to a concert sometime last week. That was awesome. It's just yeah, life's in that. full swing. It's back to school next week. Um, going to uh, going to my first baseball game of the season next week as well. Gonna go Are you see, going to see the Rockies? I'm going to go see the Rockies play uh, Rookie of the Year, Corbin Carroll, and his ah, Arizona Diamondbacks. Like that. Nice. Yes. The White Sox are in town four days later, and I chose to go see the Diamondbacks instead. Well, I think you made the right call. I really do, too. I tell you, honestly, I was still debating buying tickets for the Sox game until they traded Jake Berger, and it really came to a head of just like, I'm not excited about it. I just, I feel like I'm going out of obligation for the team that I root for. And like, what, what the hell do I owe them? What if they call up one of the new catchers? Would you, would you go see one of the new catchers? No, the only reason I'm even considering going is because Saturday is Todd Helton Jersey giveaway night. Uh, and it's the, it's the throwback sleeveless vest style Rockies jerseys. Oh, those are yeah. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I was considering going because of that, that, that honest to God, that's one of the biggest things I thought about. Uh, Look who's in the I, chat. Yeah. Some guy named Vinny. Who cares? <laughs> How's it going? That, Vinny? that drawing looks just like him. It's amazing. It's spot on. It's the uncanny. Green eyes he's he's and even got the bucket hat. Yeah. Uh, we miss you, Vin. Yeah. Growing up, Todd Helton and Larry Walker were like the dudes for me yeah so you know as as a kid i remember just you know because because they're the local team um <coughs> excuse me but yeah uh gonna go see the diamondbacks really excited for that i didn't get the greatest seats but i'm taking the whole family um and it's always fun to go with the kids and everything hell yeah man and what's Vinny talking about it's todd frazier lol his his picture it must be todd frazier i don't see that either 
but you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, some junk, some drunken artwork there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, Vinny was that Vinny went out with his his girlfriend Katie. Happy birthday, Katie! Happy. If you're birthday. with Vinny, are you watching? I, I don't know. Vinny, you can let us know in the chat. But nonetheless, happy birthday to Katie, the future Mrs. Parisi. <laughs> maybe, maybe officially now. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I think Vinny's gonna like murder me in my sleep for <laughs> all the times I've said that. Yeah. See, this is why I keep my mouth shut. Um. Sometimes. Listen, I'm just a matchmaker. <laughs> that's all. I take yeah. full credit for 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 Vinny and Katie, although I have nothing to do with it whatsoever. You know, that's fair. I completely understand, as you should. So. Joe, what about you? You got anything exciting coming up? Any big plans for the week? Any events or releases or anything like that? Nothing crazy, man. Uh, you know, it's just that time of year where I'm ready for football to start. We're not that far off. We got the hard knock started yesterday. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but I, I heard it was Who's pretty on good. It this season? Is it the Jets? the Jets? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds terrible. That sounds great. Great television to me. Uh, I'm also watching quarterback, which I'm very much enjoying on Netflix. I will likely start on that shortly. I've heard it's very good. I'm about four episodes in and you're not going to like what I'm about to say Zim, is I really like Kirk yep. Cousins now. Yeah, that's exactly what I was, where I was going with it. I'm scared to watch it because I'm worried it's going to make me like Kirk Cousins. Cause I, like I tell him. you, ESPN did a big feature on him when he uh, when he went from the Redskins to the Vikings. They did a yep. big feature about him and his wife, uh, how he came to the decision, how he worked with his agent to get a fully guaranteed contract for the first time in NFL history. Um, and honestly, he's 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 a likable guy. He's a smart uh, individual. I don't know that he's necessarily the smartest quarterback, but he's a smart person. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, he's smart. I might not necessarily agree with a lot of his views, but I like that he has his morals and ethics and stands by them and uses those to guide a lot of his decision-making. That's not something that a lot of people are able to do, especially when it comes to that much money. So that's right. So I, You'll enjoy it. I, I enjoy it so far. I'm not done, but I can't wait to watch the rest. And our buddy Foster yeah. says he'd like us both to come on Bears Country Podcast for football and food talk. Uh, that sounds lovely, Foster. Yeah, uh, sounds you, like a great time. For those of you who don't know, last time I was on their show, I was on for like two and a half hours, and I had to <laughs> sign off. And then they kept going for another two and a half hours after I left. Foster, what was that show like five hours? Is every show five hours long? But I, it doesn't matter. I had the time of my life. It was hilarious. And then I went in bed afterwards, Zim, and I listened and watched live commenting in the chat as my wife is asleep next to me <laughs> in the darkness. Um, but no, it's a fun show. If you haven't checked it out, check out Bears Country Podcast. And we'd love to come on with you, Foster. Yeah, it sounds like a great time. Um I'm always up for football talk. I'll sit there and debate Justin Fields or, uh, you know, that Erlacher was overrated or that Matt Forte is the greatest player in Bears history. I, I don't necessarily agree with anything I'm saying, but I'll debate it all day long. Yeah. You want to, you want to, 
sorry, I'm going to do a diversion talking about old Bears players. Yeah. I I, I showed you my, my new Ambernick device yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. I, I downloaded, correction, I found on the internet somewhere that was available openly and not by my choice to download NFL Street 2 for the PSP nice. on my device. You know who the Bears quarterback is in that is game? Todd Collins? Nope. No? I don't. Sexy Rexy. Is it Rexy? Oh, yeah. I didn't think it was that old. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. So I was having some I fun knew with it that. was pre-Cutler, but I thought it was a little more recent than that. And that's why I was like, well, Orton would make too much sense. So Yeah. Sexy uh, I, I thought that was hilarious. You know what's funny is what number did Rex wear? Rex wore eight or ten? Ten? I don't hang on. I think you're right. I think it's eight. Now I gotta look. Because I I don't remember who signed it. I have an autograph. Yep. So I have an autograph Rex Grossman hat that I just found at a thrift store one day for like four bucks. (laughs) That was awesome. Love it. Nobody knew who the scribble on it was. I was like, oh my God, that's Rex Grossman. I went to his first start ever at Soldier Field. I went to one Bears game uh, pre-modern era, I guess, you know, back when I was in high school. And it was at the height of Jay Cutler and you know, Matt Forte was going crazy. And I think it was the year before they got Brandon Marshall. Uh, right. Okay. So like, I was all excited to go. They came out here to play the Broncos. Cutler got hurt the week before. And Forte <laughs> wasn't due back from injury till the week after. So I had to watch Caleb Haney. And I think Todd Collins was in at quarterback in that game too, but I know Caleb Haney was part of that game, but Caleb Haney and Miriam Barber play against Tim Tebow and the Denver Broncos. And I think we all know how that game went. I if do. you're a Bears fan, you remember that game. Cause I remember being at the stadium with my mom mm. and like, nobody understood why I was so mad that Marion Barber ran out of bounds. And like everybody around me is like, dude, chill. There's like a minute and 50 seconds left. Like nothing's going to happen. And the very next play he fumbles. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I was screaming. Uh, You see his brother got inducted into the hall of fame. I cousin. What? Something like that. Is it his cousin or his brother? No, Mary, Mary and Barber is. Uh, she not related to Rondé Barber. I I don't remember how they how they go, uh. But Rondé Barber and Tiki Barber are twins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, I forgot. Marion Barber died. He passed away last January. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Um, I I actually I don't think he's related to them at all. I thought they were cousins, but. Wow. Cousin of Peyton Barber. Got it. So yeah, totally off. Totally off. Yep. Forget what I said. <laughs> that happens. PC's no, a lot of, a lot of relatives yeah. playing in the NFL. 
Yeah, there's just a few a few relatives flying around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got the Cromartie boys, you got the Barbers, you got the other Barbers, you got the Mannings. The Mannings, yeah. You got, uh, oh, I'm sure we could think of a dozen more if we just sat here and gave it time, but. Yeah, my brain's not there right now. <laughs> you got the Griffies in baseball, that's for sure. There you go. You got the Griffies. We'll bring it all back Jones to baseball. Brother, the Jones boys. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's been a fun time tonight, Zim. We, uh, the Long Brothers. There you go. Thanks, PZ. There you go. It's a good one. And their dad. Long, 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 going long. Um, but no, fun show tonight, guys. Appreciate everyone in the chat that hung out with us all night. Really fun stuff. And um, even though we were talking about terrible, awful drama and humiliation of the White Sox, I still managed to have a good time. And that's a sentiment to you, Mr. Zimmerman. I appreciate you, Zim. As always, coming on with me, talking, I almost said football. Uh, we did talk <laughs> a little bit of football, talking baseball and White Sox drama. Uh, of course, we want to give a shout out to our brother in arms, Vincent Parisi. Couldn't be with us tonight. Uh, he's got his priorities straight. He's with his lovely girlfriend on her birthday. Happy birthday, Katie. Sim, you got any shout outs before we get out of here? Just a shout out to everybody out there chatting with us. It's been a very lively chat room tonight, and we greatly appreciate that. It's always nice when uh, when that happens. It gives us lots of material to riff on. Uh, big shout out to the White Sox organization for continuing to be a shit show, because otherwise we wouldn't have much to talk about this season. Fair. So, you know, thank you, Rick Hahn, for being so terrible at your job that we have nothing better to talk about. Um, White Sox PR, if you are listening, thank you for not sending us a cease and desist. Uh, <laughs> And we're not stealing any content yet. And Dylan Cease, thank you for continuing to pitch your heart out for this team, even though they seem to want to trade you for the spiciest bag of potato chips they can find. Yeah, I wish they traded him, but what are you going to do? You know, uh, what were they going to get for him? Honestly, if if the price wasn't right, there's no reason to trade him. That's fair. Absolutely fair. Um PG's Maybe a deal happens show. in the off season. Very possible. When the value is nowhere near as what it was during the trade deadline. Pitchers <laughs> were fetching a, a ransom. Even Verlander got a ransom for no absolute reason whatsoever. Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, like we talked about a lot of different trade packages and the Orioles, you know, all of their beat writers, all of their fan sided guys, all of all of them basically said, like, you're not gonna get that kind of price on it. And it's like, all right, then we don't need to trade them. Like that's kind of and they're gonna regret it because they went and got what's his name from St. Louis Flaherty. Flaherty. Yeah, he's and, not gonna end up working out. And and now they're gonna wish they had that stud and the and I mean I, I, I hope that they still win, but I don't know, man. They needed it, they needed a little oomph in that rotation. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, and you know, those purse strings get tight sometimes, especially when it comes to these prospects, because I mean, Jackson Holiday is the most can't miss prospect we've seen since probably Bryce Harper. I mean, the kid's going to hit the bigs and he's going to be good. And it's not going to matter where you put him in the lineup or where you put him in the field. He's going to be able to play it just like yep. Bryce. And, you know, so. Who's a first he, baseman now, might I add? Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, Bryce Harper was drafted as a catcher. People forget about that. Like, he was drafted as a catcher. He got moved to the outfield. He's now playing first base. Like the guy can play a lot of different positions and he can play them all well. 
And, you know, Jackson Holiday is listed as a shortstop. As I mentioned before the deadline, the Orioles have a log jam on that left side of the infield. They could have given up some guys and been okay, but regardless, they decided not to. Uh, and I think that the Sox are going to be okay in the end. You know, Colson Montgomery, Brian Ramos, um, Jonathan Cespedes, I think, is still playing okay. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. They're, they've been rumored to be shopping for Jonathan India, so I could see that maybe in the offseason. We'll Good see. for them. That would be a terrible move. He has no place on this team. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like I like his grit, but that's besides I like point. his grit, but uh, that's not the guy that you need to be adding this offseason. No, but it's the guy that uh, <laughs> probably the current regime – with that, that and that, and they're going after Salvador Perez for some reason. Yeah, that's just dumb. That makes no damn sense. Like you think Grandal doesn't work in this uh, in this locker room? Yeah, Salvi's going to work out great. No, I mean he'll be better than probably any other catcher we have. But it doesn't mean anything. Eh. he's he's getting a little too old now. Um, Pretty sure anyway. if I threw the gear on again, I could be just as good as any catcher they've got behind the plate. At least these guys defensively are not good. Do you hear that, White Sox? Zim will do it for three quarters of the price. Yeah. He might even do it for free. I doubt it. No. But $10, $10 a day. The, travel uh, and expenses and meals. My, my point stands. Defensively, they're not very good. About uh, tree fitty. And that's kind of the problem. Yeah. It's a lot of the problem. Definitely. There's a lot of stuff. You know There's what? a lot of problems. Yeah. We got 99 it's, problems, but this show ain't one. It's all a problem. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, through. the Sox are still up 2-1. Let everybody get out of here and uh, go to find out how this ends. Yep. We'll see what happens with the White Sox. I will, real quick, we'll give a brief shout out to my lovely wife, my beautiful wife, Catherine, and our baby girl, Audrey. I love you both very much, as always. And my great Dane Maverick, you are crazy and hilarious, and I will take you out shortly to the yard. And outside of that, uh, shout out to you, Zim. Shout out to Vinny and his girlfriend, Katie, on her birthday. And most of all, even in times when they're tough, the White Sox somehow, some way, are still our team. We still root for them. Something's got to give, maybe. Hopefully they don't have anything more to embarrass us with in the next week in the national media, although I doubt that's the case. We shall find out here very shortly. Uh, my dad says he's disappointed that they traded his favorite player, the Burgermeister. I think we we all are. That's why this episode yep. is called South Beach Hitman. Zim, one more time before we get out of here, I'm going to put up your hilarious riff logo, your parody logo, uh, your dad, or not your dad. I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I couldn't remember what I was going to say, but nonetheless, <laughs> your dad, my dad, there he's everybody's. Every, everyone enjoys the logo. That's, that's <laughs> all. That's all I was going to say. Uh, Foster says, stay safe guys. It could be worse. It certainly could be worse. And we'll, we'll end with that mantra. Zim. We shall be back next week, fully staffed. Vinny will be back with us as Zim and I return. The South Burbs Hitmen will return, but will a winning White Sox team return? 
The odds aren't great, but tune in next week and we'll let you know. As always, even through thick and thin, darkness and light, pain and suffering, and gallons and gallons of Coors Light, go White Sox. We'll see you guys next week. Adios. Thank you.